Hello, and welcome to Parlay, the podcast where we talk about the things we forget to talk about. I'm your host, Bernay Smith, and this week we're going to talk about sex education for adults. This episode is in memory of my cousin, Jay Irwin. Jay was one of my favorite cousins, and he died of complications of HIV when I was just 14. His death changed my world in the most spectacular way. Until Jay was diagnosed, I only heard about HIV and AIDS from what I saw on TV. And it was the mid-90s, so the narrative on HIV was pretty negative. And there was a very heavy stigma around who got AIDS and what it meant about you if you had it. Unfortunately, we got a lot of bad information about HIV and AIDS and STIs, sexually transmitted infections. The problem with bad information is that it tends to stick around for a long, long time. And it can influence our behaviors, thoughts, and actions. Today, I'll be joined by my friend Alicia Romano, who's going to give us a great starter lesson on sex and STIs. Alicia works for a nonprofit organization called Allies for Health and Wellbeing. They provide integrated medical care, supportive human services, and community-based education for individuals living with or at risk of HIV, viral hepatitis, and sexually transmitted infections. So let's talk about it. Let's parlay. All right, listeners, I am very happy to have a friend of mine that I have known for, ooh, girl, over 20 years. Oh, yeah, because we're in Club 40. Um, I am with my friend Alicia Romano. Um, Alicia is an expert in the sexual health field. Field, sure. Um, And she works for a local nonprofit called Pittsburgh Allies. Can you tell me what your job title is and what what kind of work you do there? Yeah, yeah. So our so we're Allies for Health and Wellbeing. We're located over in East Liberty, and um, I'm the director of community health. Um, And what we do is we specialize in sexual health uh, with a with a with, with a pretty distinct focus on HIV and hepatitis C specifically. We do a lot of different things, though. We actually do. Um, free on-site STD testing. That's we great. have a clinic on-site where we do all just basic primary care. Um, we offer HIV treatment. We offer um, case management with folks who are li- for, for folks who are living with HIV. Uh, we have a food pantry on-site for folks who are certified clients of ours. Um, we do a lot of different things. We also offer behavioral health as well. We have a therapist on-site. Um, so sort of wrap around yeah it's full like a one-stop shop full health care type facility um, and I'm the director of community health so what my folks do is we do all the free on-site STD testing and education we have a prep program I don't know if you're familiar with prep we can certainly talk about that as well yeah tell me what prep um, is yeah so prep is one pill that you take every day and it prevents HIV okay um, so that's, that, that's the in a nutshell version that's, 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 <laughs> that's the, the cliff notes that's version the, the cliff notes version of it okay um, and we do educate folks on prep and we do um, um, have a number of folks who are on prep that we see for, for follow-up and things like that um, um, my folks actually also do a lot of community work. So we're out in the community and we're doing, uh, we do have a mobile unit that we use uh, to do free STD testing out in the community. We also set up shop basically anywhere. Okay, so lots of <laughs> we'll outreach. We'll do free testing in a bar, a library, a street corner. Really, we're not really that particular. Our, our goal is to get out and connect with the community. Basically, the folks who don't feel comfortable coming to 
a doctor's office type setting. We're going out and meeting them where they're at. Oh, okay. And so doing the education and doing the testing. So someone who might not have a regular doctor, Correct. someone who um, might just have a fear or feel like judgment from a doctor. Yeah, you're there's coming a lot to of a, distrust. There's a lot of distrust. A lot so of it's distrust. a safe space. You, yeah. Your organization, Pittsburgh Allies, has created a safe space for people to meet their their all of their health needs. Correct. Okay. So the reason I asked Alicia to come on is because I have a, a personal connection to HIV where I lost my um, cousin when I was 14 to HIV AIDS and it was life altering for me. It, like my world unhinged at 14. And I just feel like there's so much that goes missing in the conversation about sex education. So, you know, in high school, if you're lucky and any more, those programs have been cut, cut, cut. You got the mechanics and maybe you got a little bit about HIV. But what I'm curious about, and I've talked to people in their 20s and their 30s and through their 40s, and I'm sort of amazed at the lack of knowledge about what their right. body's doing. And I mean, we have a whole system in our body, the reproduction system right. and our sexual health system that people seem completely unfamiliar about. They know more about cancer, diabetes, even maybe even slightly more about mental health than they do about their own sexual health. So my first question is, when someone says, I'm going to get tested, what does that mean? What are we looking at when someone has their panel of what we're calling, they were called STDs when I was when a teenager, it's now called STIs, yeah, yeah, so yeah. sexually transmitted infections. infections sure. Okay. So when someone says, I'm going to go get my STI tests, what does that mean? Yeah, so what that means at Allies, I mean, it's, of course it can, you know, there's some variations from, from organization to organization, but at Allies, if someone comes in for STI testing or STD testing, um, we offer a number of different tests. So we're offering free HIV testing. We're doing free, and it's rapid. We do free rapid HIV, free rapid syphilis, free rapid hepatitis C. Okay. When I say rapid, it's just a finger prick, um, results in 20 minutes. Um, we do a slew of other things. We're taking a social sexual history. We're doing a, uh, a risk reduction. So we're talking about some, you know, behaviors that, that, that might put, put you at risk um, and how to reduce those behaviors in order to, to, to help you to engage in sex in a safer way. Um, we also do offer gonorrhea and chlamydia testing. Uh, not a rapid test. Um, we'll do a urine, uh, throat, and or rectal swab, just depending on what type of sex you are having. Mm -hmm. And those results come back in six to 10 days. Um, but we do try and educate folks very well on uh, how do you get STDs and STIs? Because the fact of the matter is that a lot of folks really don't um, have a full understanding of, of, of how that happens. And uh -huh. it, it depends on a lot of different factors. It's just an education. I mean, you only know what you know. Right. So if your parents, you know, if you don't learn from your parents, if you don't learn in school, if you don't, you know, you, how, how are you supposed to know otherwise? Mm -hmm. So that's what we do is try to connect with those folks to just try to educate them on how you get STDs and how you can keep from getting STDs while continuing to have a safe, healthy sex life. Okay, so let's talk about that. Sure. How, how do you get STDs? Yeah, so it, well, I guess it depends on. I mean, I know it's, <laughs> I know it sounds, we're talking about. Okay, yeah. I know it sounds self explanatory. How do you get STDs, Renee, <laughs> yeah. having sex? Okay, but 
Can, you, can yeah. you give me like just a, like a brief rundown of what you would tell a client if I came in and yeah, I know nothing? Sure, and it, you know, and fo- a lot of folks come to us with a very specific concern about HIV specifically. Um, we, we are historically known as the Pittsburgh AIDS Task Force. Mm-hmm. Um, we rebranded a couple of years ago to Allies for Health and Wellbeing. So, and with, with still having that specialty of HIV, folks typically come to us with a concern about HIV. Yeah. Um, you can get HIV in a number of different ways. I mean, vag- you know, vaginal intercourse, anal intercourse. Um, whereas, um, you know, engaging in oral sex is is rare. It can happen for mm-hmm. sure. So we definitely want to make folks aware of that. Um, you know, breastfeeding. You know, HIV can be you know transmitted through breast milk. Um, HIV cannot be. You know, you can't get HIV by sharing a toilet seat or by sharing uh, uh, utensils or a uh-huh. glass of water or, you know, things like that or, um, you know, skin-to-skin contact or sneezing on someone, those types uh-huh. of things. That's kind of, I want to, I'm sitting here about to say those are kind of old school ways of thinking, but there are still plenty of folks today that really aren't quite sure. And that's okay. And that's, yeah. that's um, uh, you know, our, our job and our objective is to just educate folks. Absolutely. So respect. I think, you know, I think. In order to de- in order to reduce stigma. Absolutely, because I, you're right, those stigmas, while we remember them from being teenagers, sure. people being afraid of them, it doesn't mean that it didn't linger in someone's memory and yeah. get passed down to a child and to a child yeah. and to a child. So Stigma is actually the thing, the, the, not the thing, I mean, it's, it's a large part of why people don't come to get tested mm-hmm. um, because they don't want to. They don't want to be seen walking into the, right. the HIV clinic. They don't want to. Well, be, I would rather yeah. not know. It's like the yeah. uh, bliss is, ignorance is bliss, yeah, that's right? Yeah, piece of it too, sure. So, but you could be putting a partner yeah. at risk, yeah. and nobody, nobody wants to do that. I don't, be, I don't believe anybody yeah. would want to do that purposefully. But you know, and while there are more medications than when my cousin had HIV. Um, and maybe not always considered a death sentence the way that it used to be, it is still a health concern, right? Sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people are, you know, nowadays, yeah, I mean, medication has come such a long way, gosh, since the 1980s. Um, People are are living with HIV very long, normal, happy, healthy lives. Um, It is important to make mention of the fact that um, you know, with a regular regimen of HIV medications, and I am by no means a clinician, so I'm not in a, in a position to be able to talk real specifics about medications and things like that. But generally speaking, um, for someone who's living with HIV, if they're on a, a regular regimen of medications, they could very well get their viral load down so low mm-hmm. that they are actually considered undetectable. So we'll, so there's a, there's a, there's a campaign that, 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 that is, um, that's called it you'll see u equals u and that stands for um undetectable equals untransmittable and what that means is when your viral load is down so low um not only will you um not show up uh you know positive on a test but you actually can't transmit this disease to another individual Mm -hmm. okay but our the goal i'm assuming though through testing and education is to not have to worry about that at all we want to get into and that's the way most I want to see most medicine move to, yeah. towards. We're still in a very treatment-based country sure. versus proactive and trying to prevent. And so, before we do get to prevention, though, what other um, what other STDs, you know, still has that stigma um, 
and sting for people. Yeah, I, I think it's just sexually transmitted infections kind of in general, to be honest. And yeah. like I said, we have a pretty heavy focus on HIV, syphilis, uh, hepatitis C, and mm -hmm. um, as well as gonorrhea and chlamydia, you know, because nobody wants to come in to hear that they have gonorrhea and chlamydia. I think probably as far as um, intensity goes, most, most folks seem to be um, fearful, I should say, of, of HIV just because of the, the long-term, you know, effects. Ramifications and, and there's no and cure everything. for HIVs. So, right, yeah. right. And so let's talk briefly about, so w what, which ones are treatable? Which ones are treatable that you, you know, you had an, you had an oops. Yeah, for sure. And then, you know, what, that, but I can take medicine and it goes away. Which yeah. ones are treatable? Yeah, so gonorrhea and chlamydia is very treatable with a regimen of antibiotics. Uh, syphilis is treatable as well. Um, and as is hepatitis C. And I always like to make a very specific point of saying that hepatitis C is very treatable. Um, hepatitis C is, um, was not always treatable. Um, and I think a lot of folks kind of have that still in their brain that once they have it, that they always have it, and that's not the case. Um, we see a lot of hepatitis C in folks who are using IV drugs specifically. Okay. And sharing needles. And, and sharing needles. Like that. Yeah. Okay. So what is... Which is also, uh, um, um, you can also get HIV by sharing needles and right that we're trading stuff. blood and things Correct. like that yeah so what is forever but also treatable does that make sense to say like we know HIV there are drugs it can be treated yeah. but you're gonna have it for a lifetime what's the category of things that you will have for a lifetime oh you know I think um, you know whereas 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 my focus and with what I do is is HIV, syphilis, Hep C, and gonorrhea and chlamydia. Um, herpes is also um, a sexually transmitted infection that is mm -hmm. that there is no cure for. Mm -hmm. um, I don't particularly specialize in that. Okay. You know, in in, in that that's. Um, so we do have folks that come to us and they're interested in getting tested for herpes. We typically send them to our clinic mm -hmm. for testing and treatment at that point. So what what are the best ways to keep oneself safe? in in this arena yeah, of STIs. Yeah, so honestly, um, there's there are d varying degrees of that. Mm -hmm. um, on the most basic, simplest degree is just talking about it. People are so afraid to just talk about sex and talk about sexually transmitted infections. Um, on, on different levels, you know, parents, um, we see parents being very hesitant to talk with their kids uh, because they're afraid that if they talk about it, then their kids are going to go have sex. Uh -huh. <laughs> Which is actually probably the least true thing I've ever explained it. it. Yeah. Um, you had my mother in school. My mom taught <laughs> child <laughs> development. If you all don't know Debbie Smith, you're going to. Um, and my mom was the flower baby teacher. So yeah. that sack of flour that taught you. I like, carried the sack of flour. The sack of flour that said, you know, do you want to have a baby yeah. on your hip? And that was my, you know, that was part of my mom's job. And my mom talked to me about sex very early. Yeah. So I waited till I was ready. I made, you know, I was very particular about the person that I chose. You made an informed decision. I made an informed <laughs> decision. But I will tell you folks, I, it, just knowing one, um, the physical consequences that could come. So, sure. you know, I had my cousin that informed me, but my mother was like, babies come from this. And I was, I felt I was too young. Sure. And then um, I don't know that anyone ever talked to me about it. And I wish that they had the emotional ramifications mm -hmm. because I know you work with a lot of teens mm -hmm. too. And I feel like it's always mechanics and STIs and no one's ever talking about the emotional aftermath 
of having sex with a partner. So I feel like, you know, I think you made such a strong point that conversation is the best for all of those like troubles that could happen Mm -hmm. after the fact. Correct, yeah. We actually have a program, it's called SHIFT, which stands for Sexual Health Information for Teens. So we'll go into high schools and and talk with... um, I talk with young people, typically grades eight and up, um, about this very subject. Mm-hmm. Because again, talking about it and educating folks yeah. is just the first step. And and we're not only focusing on the mechanics of it, you know, like you said, but but the um, we're talking about healthy relationships. Yes, we're talking about respecting your body. We're talking about consent. Mm-hmm. We're talking about you know all these different you know right. components. Um, you know, of course, we get to the point of discussing, um, and even with the you know with the adults that come in and you know for testing that we that, that we meet with, um, we're talking about condom usage mm-hmm. and not just hey use a condom. Right. Uh, but here's how you use it. <laughs> yeah. But educating <laughs> folks on 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 how to use you know you know contraception properly, and we're not really getting into a lot of. In my department, we're not really getting into a lot of conversations about birth control per se. We do offer birth control mm-hmm. on the clinic side of what we do. We'll typically refer folks for an appointment at that point. Um, you know, but generally speaking, when it comes to condoms, because condoms really are the only thing that prevents HIV. Right. Um, I know there's a lot of studies out there and different things where they're trying to incorporate HIV into different methods of birth control, which is amazing wow yeah amazing wow um but you know for the time being condoms are the only thing that prevents hiv so that's really our focus but i'm just talking about it talking to your partner about it yes there's a lot of pressure to um you know one thing that we hear a lot is you know we hear this um from men and from women and from non-binary folks as well that um i don't like to use condoms they're uncomfortable i don't like to use condoms i'm allergic to them um i don't like to use condoms because i can't find one that's big enough for me or you know um you know we'll have women that come in and um and, and have concerns that their partner, that they very strongly want their partner to use a condom because they don't want to get pregnant. Mm-hmm. They don't want to get sexually transmitted infections, particularly HIV, um, but that their partner is so adamant about not using condoms so yes. they don't. And that's right. always a concern too. So just, uh, and they're afraid to talk with their partners. Um, sometimes, you know, for, for reasons that they're not able to identify. So what we do is help folks with some language around how to broach that subject with their partners. That's great. Because scripting is really important because yeah. I think the more that you practice it, or at least sometimes we just can't find the words, yeah. right? We know what we want to say, but we can't find the right yeah, words true. to influence and convey what we what we need, mm-hmm. right? Um, that doesn't surprise me, but it is still shocking to hear. You know, I, I've always believed that if you can't talk about it with your partner, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be having sex with your partner. Um, and I know that's not always the case. And I think there's so many things that like influences from the outside. So especially for teenagers, the, you know, the sexual messaging that we get from the internet, from media, from whatever, mm-hmm. and that this is the role that X partner plays, you know, and right, right now I'll talk binary terms that a woman plays and this is the expectation a man has of a woman mm-hmm. and, um, vice versa what expectations she might have of him and then in the non-binary we have these sort of prescribed expectations and roles that we're supposed to play in sex and people instead of talking about it they will play out these roles and then people are very sexually unsatisfied and very emotionally unsatisfied and that's what that sort of sounds like what you're talking about a little bit absolutely yeah 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 that's a great point um 
we, we, we see a lot of individuals, particularly out in the community, it seems like when folks come to us, come to our brick and mortar location, um, they're, they're, they're coming through the door. So there's, there's some level of readiness mm -hmm. to talk. Um, where we find it really difficult is when we're out in the community, when we're meeting people where they're at, when we're touching base with folks that have distrust for health centers, that they're doctors mm -hmm. and, um, and aren't quite ready to talk about their, um, you know, their sexual experience, particularly whenever you mention HIV, because HIV is still unfortunately very much known as the gay man's disease. Oh, geez, um, still? Yeah, and it's, and it's, you know, whereas, you know, men who have sex with men and folks who are IV drug users, they are at high risk for HIV mm -hmm. we tell everybody if you're having sex you're at risk absolutely because um, for a long time and I don't know yeah. if the stats still stand on this mm -hmm. but African-American women were also in the higher they risk are, category yeah, they still do fall into that high risk category um, yeah people of color in general particularly particularly men who have sex with men and I'm very cautious to say men who identify as gay mm -hmm. um, because not all men who have sex with men identify as gay and that's Correct. an important point to make known too that really um, is yeah. but I think if we can just kind of break through that barrier of if you're having sex then you're at risk period uh, period yeah and once we can kind of break that barrier of the conversation then folks have a typical or typically a little bit easier to open up about it but it's mm -hmm. it, it's there's still a lot of challenges there and mm -hmm. it's because of the stigma do you find um generationally the conversations are somewhat different when i look at and you know we hear a lot about millennials but really millennials are like late 30s now so I'm not even really talking yeah. about, about yeah. them. They sort of touch our generation. Um, but the, um, you know, Z and whatever's coming after Z, yeah. they seem more fluid in their sexuality. They seem more sex positive. But are they as educated in the in the realm that you're that you work in yeah that's a really great question and I don't really know I, I can tell you what our experience is our experience is I don't really know if that's how it is um, but but from our perspective we see an older generation that is very reluctant to talk about sexual health particularly HIV um, kind of for the reasons that I've mentioned, you know, it's that it's that old mentality of, um, you know, of it being a gay man's disease. And mm -hmm. I use that terminology because we hear that a lot. Sure. Um, I would say that folks who are on the younger end are definitely more fluid or definitely more open to talking uh, once you can get past the giggles sometimes. But uh, I would have to say that in the younger generation, it, there's a definite miss conception of how you get HIV and um, how to use a condom. There's just a lack of education. On the flip side of that, yeah. I, I come into contact with some teens that like know way more than I ever have at the age of like 12, 14, 16. So I really have to give props to, mm -hmm. to a lot of parents, um, you know, or a lot of guardians who are, who are educating their, yeah. you know, their kids. We and didn't have YouTube when we were teenagers. No, that's another thing too is, yeah, well, yeah, you can get a lot of really good information on the internet. You sure can you also can't find a lot really of really bad. scary information. <laughs> yeah. But um, truth be told, I have to give a lot of props to teens um, these, these days in general because they're just, there is... Um, they are by far more advanced, um, you know, than, than I think we were probably at mm -hmm. that age, um, just as far as their level of comfort in talking about it and their, their knowledge about it. But I think probably the Internet, like you said, has yeah. a lot to do with that <laughs> as well. Yeah. So to sort of, you know, wrap it up. Put yeah, a bow we can on talk it. about this. Oh, yeah. All day. I could wrap it whole <laughs> on this 
for days. Because uh, I, th- I think it's super important. I think, you know, um, sex should be fun. It should be enjoyable. Absolutely. But it's absolutely. more enjoyable when it's safe. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, and you're, in a, and you're yeah. in a constant conversation with your partner so that you're constantly checking in, not just on things like um, STIs, but like the emotional part or what you like and what you don't like. And those conversations, like I, I love that you're doing this program shift because that's one thing I think, especially with young women, they are not taught how to navigate a sexual situation. Mm-hmm. One, when they want to articulate, because it's sort of our, you know, um, gender socialization. Right. One, how to articulate what you like, but two, how to articulate when you don't like something and when you want to stop. You're about to take me to a whole nother topic. I'm about, we should wrap it up. We should talk, <laughs> I was going to say, we might need a part two to this one because I think there's a lot to be discussed in this space that we don't talk about. And that's what we talk about here at Parlay. Um, so just to wrap up, though, like, so what can we do to immediately be more safe when it comes to sex? Like if you had to like one, two, three it for me. Honestly, if I had to one, two, three it for you, I would say get yourself tested please truthfully yeah and that that that's that encompasses a lot just just going so there's a lot of of of, of health centers that offer free testing mm-hmm. like i said we definitely do we're over in east liberty um and, and you advertise on instagram all the time yeah if we're on facebook we're yeah. on instagram for sure Follow and there's them. a lot of um there's a lot of other places that offer free testing too and when you go to those visits those folks are going to talk with you mm-hmm. about kind of the nuts and bolts of of how to keep yourself safe mm-hmm. they're going to talk about risk reduction and things like that but truthfully just get yourself tested knowing your status is like is, it's power is half the battle it's, it's power, power. Yeah. yeah so like testing yeah. condoms conversation yeah Right. And condoms are free too. come to allies for health and well-being. Yeah, don't don't. No excuses. <laughs> no excuses, folks. I can't afford them. There are plenty They're of places so expensive in the stores. Yeah, yeah, they can be. And I know um, allies carries them. Planned Parenthood, Planned Parenthood, Parenthood carries yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. So um, take care of yourselves, yeah. everyone. Well, Alicia, Absolutely. thank you so much. Thanks this is so amazing. Much for me. I love it. This is so fun. This is great. I do feel like we're going to need part two. Definitely. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Not bad for our first episode of 2020, right? Thank you, Alicia, for giving us such great information. Remember, knowledge is power. So go get tested, find out your status, ask questions, have conversations with your partners and your healthcare providers, use condoms and be safe. A little bit of knowledge goes a long way to keep us healthy. I'm going to put the website to Alicia's organization, Allies for Health and Wellbeing, which is just allies.pgh.org, but I will put that in the description below. Also, dear listeners, I am extremely excited to announce that my next episode will be a crossover event with a new podcast called The Kill Identity by creator and host and my friend, Asta Kill. The Kill Identity will explore identity and what it means to be who we are. I'm telling you, it's going to be fire. I can't wait. You're going to be excited. I'm excited. So until next time, friends, keep talking about it.